1: Hey, folks, welcome to another episode of the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusciello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. Folks, welcome to a Sunday episode. Uh, This is kind of like our Sunday service kind of thing. So we're going to get into the Word of God in just a few minutes, but before we do that, folks, I just need you to know that wherever it is that you're listening to us, on whatever platform, wherever and whenever, it's always my prayer that you find yourself in the grace and the mercy of our Lord and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, folks, I am really excited to be with you guys today. I look forward to this more than anything, I think, during the course of the entire week. Uh, Just to get down and sit down with you guys and spend this time with you opening up the scriptures, talking about the Word of God, and just seeing what the Bible has to say about just pretty much everything. And, uh, you know, it's really exciting for me. But we got a a good study for us today. You know, last week we got into Romans chapter 7, last Sunday. And uh, we learned about how our greatest problem, our greatest enemy... If you would, is ourselves. And we talked about, you know, when we would do good, how evil is always seems to be preven- present with us. So today we're going to flip the script a little bit and we're going to get into Romans chapter 8 and we're going to find out how we are more than conquerors. And we're going to tell you how we're going to get into that in just a few minutes. Now, Um, if in the background you hear what sounds like snoring, you're probably hearing correctly. Uh, my little French bulldog here, Charlie is sleeping at my feet and, um, man, he snores. (laughs) I'm telling you, he's loud. Uh, didn't realize he was in here when we started the show. So, um, so he'll be with us for a little bit. All right. So before we get into the study this morning, uh, this afternoon, I'm sorry. Uh, how about we just take care of two little bits of housekeeping? Okay. First of all, I'd like you to go over to our website, sort of the spirit And once you get over there, there's a contact section. I would really love it if you guys would just send off a message or two. Let me know what's going on in your hearts and your mind, you know, whatever you're thinking about. Any questions, comments, concerns, anything. Uh, and if you don't like to use the web forms, that's fine you could always email me directly at info at sort of podcast.com. that's info at sort of the the other thing I'd like you to do when you get to the website is of course look for that support this podcast button uh, and if the Lord is leading you to do so and if these podcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, uh, please would you consider a monthly contribution in helping us support this ministry? You can set up a contribution for ninety nine cents a month, four ninety nine or nine ninety nine a month. So um, pray about it, please pray about it. And if the Lord leads you to do so, I really would be thankful for it. Uh, there's also another option that we have. Um, we have a new button on the page that says Waygiver. WayGiver is a Christian-based crowdfunding site uh, that we've uh, started an account with uh, where you could do uh, either uh, an anonymous one-time contribution or you could, you know, put your name on it and get some recognition for it. So uh, if you would uh, like to make a one-time contribution, we would really appreciate that as well. And as a matter of fact, we had our first one time contribution it was an anonymous contribution but we're going to say thank you nonetheless thank you for the one time contribution we appreciate anonymous thank you very much and folks as always i'd like to say thank you to all of our current supporters those of you who support us prayerfully those of you who support us financially and of course to every single one of our listeners uh, without you guys uh, tuning in faithfully every week and and uh, you know the downloads, I mean we're closing in on uh, one thousand two hundred plays already, and to me that's absolutely amazing. And that's because, first of all, that's because of the Lord. The Lord is uh, is working in this, and I'm very very uh, not only thankful, but I can't even think of the right word. Uh, humbled by it and I am just completely amazed and blown away by it it just it makes me crazy sometimes and uh and looking at all this folks thank you so much I I I really do appreciate you and uh we are actually let me get my phone here for a second I can tell you I wasn't planning on mentioning it but since I'm going off on this little um little tirade here a little rant um, we have actually, we're listed now in uh, the top 100 episodes on Good Pods. We came in at number six for our message from last Sunday, When I Would Do Good, and we are now listed as number eight in the top 100 shows overall on Good Pods. And we're holding the number one and the, num- the number one spot in religion and spirituality and and the number one spot in the Christianity categories. So, folks, if it wasn't for the Lord and it wasn't for you guys tuning in and downloading and listening to the shows and interacting, we wouldn't have any kind of recognition like that. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, folks. It does mean a lot to me. Now, folks, if you're in the Eagle Pass area and you're looking for a good King James Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church, would you please consider visiting us at First Baptist Church, of Eagle Pass. We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour is at 10 a.m., our worship service at 11, Sunday evening service is at 6, and our Wednesday night Bible study is at 7 p.m. For more information, you can visit the church's Facebook page. Just log into Facebook and search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass. Once you get there, you'll find lots of helpful information. You'll also find episodes of the podcast. And it's a really good little uh, page that we have going there. And, uh, you know, folks, we're on about 15 or 16 different platforms. We have more coming. So wherever it is that you're listening to us, be sure to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. And help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So yesterday, uh, speaking of this, so yesterday, my nephew um, uh, found us on Spotify and he subscribed, so I'm going to do this just for him, uh, Alexander. Thank you for following. We appreciate it. You get at this too. So uh, hopefully you're listening. All right, it's enough of that. All right. Um, so let's move on to some announcements here. So uh, obviously we're we're broadcasting live now on Spreaker Saturday at 3 p.m. Uh, and Sunday at 3 p.m. Thursday at 7 p.m. All Central Time. Now, the Saturday show, just to remind you, I know I've told you already, but the, the Saturday show is only upon availability of our guests. So when uh, we do have a guest coming on the show, I'll let you guys know in advance, and uh, we'll have a Saturday broadcast, and that'll be 3 p.m. Sunday, here we are, 3 p.m., and uh, again, Thursday. So uh, where can you listen? Well, obviously, you can listen on Spreaker. There's a link on the website. Uh, on our website sort of the spiritpodcast.com just click that it'll take you right over to Spreaker or you can go to spreaker.com do a search for us um, you can also listen on the Spreaker player that we have on our website as well uh, that could make it a lot easier for a lot of folks uh, the all of the broadcasts will be available immediately after the show uh, on all of the all the platforms that we're on Uh, The Sunday broadcast will be available Monday morning as our podcast. Okay. So, and that'll be as usual at 11 a.m. Central Time. Now, uh, just to remind you, don't forget on our uh, website as well, we have the Programming Announcements subscription box. You can fill that out and we'll add you onto the mailing list. And once uh, once you're on the list, every time we have uh, an update on programming or a show announcement or something, we'll send that out. And so you'll be aware of it. All right. And I think that's it for the announcements that we have. And uh, we're going to get into our prayer requests right now. Okay. So our prayer requests. Now, uh, we pray for a number of different folks, a number of different issues and concerns. So the first and foremost thing that we pray about is salvation. Salvation is the single most important thing that you need to take care of in your life. If you're not saved, now is the time to get saved. Uh, All you need to do is just put your full faith, trust, and confidence in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all you need to do. Remember, John 3.16 says, For God so so loved this world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's that simple. You just got to believe in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the blood that he shed on Calvary's cross was sufficient to pay the sin debt that you owe, that I owe, that every single human being who draws a breath owes. And all you have to do is just acknowledge that and and just let the Lord know that you believe it, you accept it, and you're going to live your life for him. That's all there is. Now, on our uh, salvation prayer request, we have uh, David in New York City, uh, who's in need of salvation. We're also praying for my granddaughter, Carmela. We're praying for my sister, Laura, and my mom, Diane. Uh, so we want to lift them up today for prayer for their salvation. Uh, over on our sick list, uh, we're praying for Pastor Martin. Pastor Martin is uh, he's a pastor in Ohio. He's retired now. Uh, well, kind of retired because at 88 years old, Pastor Martin still goes out and street preaches. That should uh, that should make any one of us kind of take a closer look at what we're doing for the Lord. 88 years old, Pastor Martin's out on the street street preaching. Amen for that. So we want to pray for Pastor Martin for his uh, for his eyesight, his vision problems that he has, for his blood pressure problems, and for the. Uh, uh, eczema that he's been dealing with uh, of late, so we want to lift him up to you in prayer, uh, to the Lord in prayer, and uh, we're also still praying for my mom uh, for her health uh, we got some really good news last week that uh, her cancer her cancer screen came back clear so mom is in good shape there uh, we're also pr- praying for Bernice uh, Bernice is a woman in our church who is uh, fighting cancer and uh, she's going through uh, different treatments, and so we want to pray for Bernice. We want to pray for uh, Alan as well, Alan dealing with prostate cancer. We want to pray for the Lord's hand upon him. We're also praying for Kehlani, uh, who is a sister in our church here in Eagle Pass. Uh, Kehlani has uh, a couple of things that are uh, that she's working on getting straightened out with her doctors, and so we're going to pray for her. Uh, also, uh, we have in our just our general prayer requests. We're still praying for George, uh, who's waiting on some uh, bids for contracts with the city of Eagle Pass and for his business. Uh, we also want to pray for Robert, who's a National Guardsman who's serving here in Eagle Pass right now on the border. We want to lift him up to you and his colleagues as well. And we also want to pray for Kurt, Reverend Kurt, in uh, Massachusetts for his ministry, and for uh, his newborn baby. So uh, we're going to pray for those things, and then we're also going to add the unspoken prayer requests that are out there. Okay, so let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for all that you do for us. Father, we want to thank you for the tremendous gift of prayer that you give us, that ability to come before the throne of grace whenever we need to, whenever we want to. Whenever we feel that we have to, Lord, we just thank you so much for that. But the only way that we were able to do that is through Jesus Christ. And Father, we thank you for the gift of salvation that you've given us through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, it's in his name today that we pray. We pray for my mom, Diane. We pray for Laura, Carmela, and David in New York All in need of salvation, Father. We just lift them up to you. We pray, Lord, that you would do a work in them, that you would draw them closer to yourself, and Lord, that they would come to Jesus Christ uh, for their salvation. Father, we want to pray for Pastor Martin in Ohio. Lord, we want to pray for his eyesight. Father, we want to pray for uh, his blood pressure problems. We want to pray for his eczema. Lord, we want to pray for the medications that he's taking that you would help him to adjust to those medications. Father, we just thank you so much for his life of service, and Lord, as I understand that um, just in the last couple of weeks, they had a special service for him in his home church for 50 uh, years of service in that church, and Father, we're so thankful for that. We lift him up to you today, Lord, we just ask you to just touch his body and bring healing and bring comfort. Father, we also want to pray for my mom, Diane, as well, uh, for her health her health concerns. We want to pray for... Uh, the procedure she's having on on her head, Lord, we're thankful that we got a good, clean result from her cancer screening. Father, we just pray that you would just continue to touch her, Lord. That you would give her grace, that you would comfort her in her in her heart. We pray that you would comfort her in her just everyday aches and pains, uh, and we'll be thankful for that as well. Father, we lift up Bernice to you. Father, we pray for Bernice and and the uh, treatments that she's uh, that she's going through for her cancer. Uh, for the tumor that I think she had on her spine. Father, we pray that um, that you would just uh, just guide the doctors as they determine the course of action to take for her. And, and Lord, we pray that you give her grace and strength. And uh, Lord, we also want to pray for Alan, for the prostate cancer diagnosis he has. We pray for wisdom, for uh, the way they're going to be treating that. Father, we just lift him up to you. Lord, we just ask you to touch him. We're thankful, Lord, that he is saved, uh, that he knows, does know the Lord Jesus Christ is his Savior. Father, uh, we just pray that uh, by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, you would bring comfort and grace to him as well. Father, we also want to lift up Kelani to you. Lord, we just pray that you would just touch her and bring health. Uh, to her body, you would bring healing, you'd bring clarity in the decision-making process that she has to make with her family, and we'll thank you for that as well. Father, we also want to pray for George, for the contracts that he's waiting bids on. Lord, we pray that you would just work in him and work in his family. Lord, we want to pray for Robert, uh, who's out on the board on the border here in Eagle Pass. We just lift him up to you and his colleagues. We pray for their protection, for their safety. Lord, we th- we're thankful for them and for their service to this country. And, Lord, we just lift him up to you. And, Lord, we pray that Robert, who's a saved man, would be a good testimony and that you would use him in a mighty way among his colleagues. And, Father, we also want to pray for uh, Reverend Kurt in Massachusetts. We continue to pray for him, for his ministry. Uh, we pray for uh, his newborn baby, Lord, we, we pray for his wife and for his family as they adjust to a new uh, new little one in their midst, and Father, we'll th- we're thankful for that. Father, we also want to pray for Adam. We want to lift him up to you. Adam is Bernice's husband. Father, we pray that you would give him grace and strength, Lord, that you would protect him in his service uh, to, to the government, Lord. We lift him up to you uh, in his work on the border as well, and Lord, we just pray that uh, you would just protect him, that you would hedge him about as he performs the duties that you have called him to. Father, we also want to pray for all all the unspoken prayers of our heart. Father God, we just lift them up to you, and we ask you just to uh, be a blessing uh, to each and every one on our prayer list. Father, I also want to pray for myself as uh, we're getting started with this Bible study tonight this uh, this kind of a preaching service. Lord, I just lift it up to you and I just ask you just to give me the words to speak and, uh, Lord, the ability to be clear and explain the material that you have put before me. And, Father God, I also want to pray for my own health. Lord, I'm uh, not feeling so great at the moment. Lord, uh, you know what the problems are, and I just pray that you would just give me the strength and the grace that I need to uh, to complete the task before me today. And, Father God, I thank you so much for all that you do for us and we give this time to you we give this podcast to you and we'll thank you again in Jesus precious name amen amen all right folks so if you have any prayer requests uh, please just email them to us info at sword com. that's info at sword of com, and I'll be sure to get them and uh, we'll add them onto our prayer list. All right, folks, so what we're going to do here is we're going to take our usual break. That'll give you a chance to go grab yourself a cup of coffee or a bottle of water, maybe some tea. I think that's what I'm going to do. And uh, when we come back, we'll be getting into today's Bible study, More Than Conquerors from Romans chapter eight. We'll be right back. This book
2: contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation. The doom of sinners and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully.
1: Folks, welcome back. This is Joe Russiello, and this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast, another one of those great songs, Be Still and Know, you know, based off of scripture. I, I, I love, love those kinds of songs. I mean, that's a beautiful song, and um, that's the Sound Forth Singers and Orchestra. Um, great stuff. Great song. Really ministers to my heart. So, folks, uh, hopefully you took the opportunity like I did. I got up. I got myself um, some nice hot tea. Uh, Charlie has been removed from the studio, and uh, we're going we're gonna to get into our, our uh, Bible study for today. So would you take your Bible and open it up with me to the book of Romans? The book of Romans. Romans chapter number 8. Romans chapter 8, More Than Conquerors. That's what we're going to be getting into today, More Than Conquerors. Now, uh, it's not going to be a terribly long study tonight. Um, We uh, are just not feeling so good. So um, we're going to get through this tonight, um, and then it will be available again tomorrow uh, tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. as our regular podcast. So Romans chapter 8. And let's get to verse 31, Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. The Bible says, What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, also who maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. I love this part. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Father, I just ask you to, to uh, give me that particular grace that I need as we go through this lesson today and help it to be a blessing to those under the hearing and the teaching of your word, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So by God's declaration, we are more than conquerors. But oftentimes, we don't act like conquerors, do we? Well, some people ask, why is that? Well, I suppose that that's because sometimes we just plain and simply don't believe it. To act like it, you have to believe it, don't you? People that have been involved with athletics know that to be a consistent winner, you have to have that type of attitude. You have to have a conquering attitude or what's inevitable, defeat, right? Defeat's inevitable. Now, the Bible says here that we are more than conquerors. So basically, it's already been declared that that's the case. We don't have to prove anything. There's nothing that we have to prove. We just have to believe it. We just have to believe what God says. Now, there are many statements in the Bible, expressions that that, that really, truly note defeat. And when you really look at them, they really are truly bad statements, sad statements. And I think that in one way or another, there are times that we find ourselves kind of guilty of making the same type of statements. I mean, maybe perhaps not in the same words, or the same terminology, but we definitely find ourselves guilty of this kind of thought process and mentality. If we know what it is, then maybe we'll, we'll be more alert when we see that temptation kind of lurking on the horizon of our mind and say, oh man, I see what's going on here. But I remember what God said, I am more than a conqueror. Well, if you're more than a conqueror, then act like one. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Act like one. Don't act like you're defeated. Act like you're a winner. Now, today, what we're going to do is uh, we're actually not going to look at conquering language. Instead, what we're going to do is we're going to be looking at defeated language to help us understand that that's not the language that we want to use. You follow me? Okay, so let's begin then in Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14. I want to show you seven expressions denoting defeat in the Bible. Seven expressions noting defeat in the Bible. These are expressions that, with the exception of one, are made by God's own people. Exodus chapter 14. Okay, Exodus chapter 14, Genesis, Exodus, the second book of your Bible, chapter 14 and verse 12. Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. So first of all, first of all, we have... That phrase, wouldn't it it have been better to stay in the world? See, here, Israel is looking at the tremendous obstacles that are needed to, to be overcome. They're looking at Pharaoh. They're looking at the Egyptian army breathing down their necks. They're looking at the Red Sea. They're looking at all the ingredients that are mixing together to become a giant disaster. And the conclusion that they come to is, wouldn't it have been better just to stay in Egypt? Wouldn't it have been better to have stayed in the world and served the Egyptians? Well, that's an expression of defeat. Now, I have to admit, I mean, honestly, I have to admit that they had great cause, humanly speaking, to feel defeated. I can sympathize with them. But you know, you see that in the lives of so many of God's people, they get saved, but the world seems to have such a bondage on them, such an allure to them, that ultimately, they as demons hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, Paul said. You know, they kind of fade back into the world, and they say, you know, it's easier to be in the world than it is living, that, that, uh, than it is living by faith and trust in God to spare us at the last minute. So the next time temptation comes to you to fade back into the world, remember Remember, you are a conqueror. You're a conqueror, and that that the declaration that it's it's you know it's better to remain in slavery is one of defeat. It's not a victory. Now I don't know about you, but I never particularly enjoyed defeat. (laughs) You know, Uh, I mean, like you you watch your favorite sports team, and it's like you you know they they have a bad season. It's like you know what's wrong with you guys. You know, it just seems like they kind of roll over, you know, one defeat after another defeat. And it's just a carnal thing. It's just a worldly thing. And, you know, life isn't going to rise or fall on it. But if you're a fan, you know, and you like baseball, you like football, you like hockey, you like, you know, it gets a little disturbing after a while. I don't like defeat. I don't think anyone does. Now, the Bible says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. He that loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You're already a conqueror. God has declared you to be one. So act like it. Act like it. Don't act like you're defeated. Don't act like you're victimized by the world. Act like a conqueror. Now, that's not all. Look over in Job. Job chapter 2. Job chapter 2. You know, greater is he that is in you, that is in the world. You don't have to let the world and the God of this world control you. Job chapter 2. Job chapter 2 and verse 9 says, Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. What a loving wife, right? What a loving, caring wife. Well, what's the issue here? Well, the issue is Job's integrity. He's protecting his integrity by refusing to blame God or curse God. Back in Genesis chapter 3, something happens that I like to call the blame game. Okay, do you remember what the blame game is? Adam said, it's the woman that thou gavest me. And the Lord then turns to the woman and he says, well, what about that? And the woman says, it's the serpent. You see, it's the blame game. It's the blame game. So Job had integrity because he refused to blame God, and he refused to cast the blame anywhere else. In his heart, he occasionally did, but not with his mouth. His wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? In other words, why don't you just give up? Why don't you just give up? And that's point number two. Now, many a Christian has been tempted a thousand times over in life just to give up. I mean, look around your church. Now, I've been a member of First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass for, I think, two years. You know, when I look around that church, and I I hear some of the older members talking about, older I mean by people that are longer than I am, about how there were so many more people. Look around your own church. I'm sure there are a couple of seats here and there that used to be occupied by people that just gave up. They just quit. Whatever the circumstances of life that came about, they just gave up. They just quit. You know? Uh, COVID. COVID knocked a lot of people out of church. They just quit. They just gave up on God. You know, they may not have physically died, but for all practical practical purposes they just kind of cursed God and died. They just bailed out. They said I just can't do this anymore. I just can't take it. So then what's the issue? It's integrity. It's integrity. I appreciate integrity. Integrity is a wonderful thing. And the Lord Jesus Christ can put integrity into a life, and you have to appreciate that. You know, I have a friend, uh, and he's a good man. He's back in New York. He's a good man. He works hard, he loves his family, he provides a beautiful home for them. I have often prayed for him, and I've often prayed for his family. They're not saved. They need the Lord, but do you know what I really appreciate about him He's an unsaved man, but he has about as much integrity and character as any man i've ever met. I mean from a worldly point of view he's he's what you would call a good man. You would call him that you'd be right to call him that he is a good man. Now I know someone out there is listening, they're gonna say, Hey, you know, the Bible says there's none that doeth good, no, not one. Yes, I know that. Theologically, that's correct. But humanly speaking, you would look at him and say, you know, he's a good man. He's the kind of man that would that would be there to help you out in a pinch, give you the shirt off his back, give you whatever you needed. He's that kind of guy. He has integrity. But folks, integrity won't save you. I pray that he gets beyond that integrity. I pray that he sees that it takes more than integrity to save a lost soul. It takes the blood of Jesus Christ. I love him. I think the world of him. And I hope one day that he has a mansion in heaven along with us. The God's people should have more integrity than lost people. Shouldn't we? Shouldn't we have more stick-to-itiveness, more character, more tenacity? Yet some of God's people will reflect that attitude of Job's wife. This wasn't Job's attitude. This was his wife's attitude. Why don't you just give up? The temptation will come periodically to just quit and give up. Don't do it. Don't do it because effectively that's the sentiment that's being stressed. You know, just curse God and die. Don't give up. Don't give up. All right, let me show you another one. Let me show you another one. Turn to 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 19. You know the sad story. You know, there are some people that have the desire and the calling to do something and they simply don't do it. You know, they say, God has called me to do whatever, and then they don't do it. They'll say, God has called me to ministry. They'll work and they'll prepare themselves for service. They'll go to Bible college. They'll do all their postgraduate work, you know, but then so many problems and so many setbacks and fears come up that they just give up. I read somewhere that that something like 80% of these men are not in the ministry today. 80%. 80% of men that go into Bible college and, and study for the ministry end up not in the ministry. A good percentage just gave up. You know why? They gave up. Somewhere along the way, they just said, I can't do it. They just gave up. You see, in a way, they just cursed God and died. Now, you might be saying to yourself, you you said that before, Joe. I mean, what do you mean they just, they died? Aren't they still alive? Let me tell you something. And I'm sure that any preacher, any pastor, any Bible teacher would, would agree with me when I say this. When God calls a man to preach and he's not preaching, he might as well be dead. But why is that? Because he's not fulfilling God's plan and God's purpose for his life and inside him is a great big void. Now, God might not be calling you to preach. But if you're saved, if you're saved, he's called you to do something. He's called you to be something. And if you're not going to do something, and be what God has called you to be, you might as well be cursing God and die. All right let's move on first Kings chapter 19 First Kings chapter 19 and verse four. but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and he requested for himself that he might die and said, is it, en- it is enough? Now, oh Lord, take, me, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. Did you catch that statement? It is enough. Lord, I've had enough. This is a statement made by Elijah. Elijah. He's running from Ahab and Jezebel. And as it often happens, it's after a great victory. Now, in the previous chapter, he had just had a tremendous victory over the four hundred and fifty prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. I hope you know the story i don 't have time really to go into it, but uh, he goes he gets into this into this uh, into this battle with these four hundred and fifty prophets of Baal, and immediately after the victory, he gets depressed. He gets down and he gets full of anxiety, doubts, and fears. And what does he end up doing? He runs out into the wilderness, and he finds himself a juniper tree, and he says, Lord, it's enough. Let me die. Let me die. You know, Christians get feelings about suicide also. You know, honestly, I've been there more times than I care to admit. I thought it's better to be absent from the body than be present from the Lord. A number of years ago, I had I had heard a sermon preached. Um, I don't remember his name. It'll come back to me. But I heard a sermon preached, uh, uh, and he talked about a man that, that he knew that was a Christian and that had committed suicide, Marty Heron. That was his name, Marty Heron, Dr. Marty Heron. He talked about a man that he knew that was a Christian that committed suicide. Now, I'm sure somebody out there is is thinking, you know, can a saved person do something like that? Well, why not? Why not? It's just another sin. It's a sin of the flesh, just like any other sin. And if you're saved and you commit suicide, you won't lose your salvation. That's not going to prevent you from getting into heaven if you're saved. If you're saved, if you're saved, you're saved. But wouldn't it be a bummer, though? You know, if you're depressed and you're full of anxiety and you're full of worries and, you know, you're, you're fed up with the whole thing and you say, you know, like, you, like Elijah did, you say, ah, I had nuts to all this. You know, it's enough. It's time to die, Lord. Just take me home. Then you sit down, you take a whole bunch of pills, you lay your head, you lay down in your bed and then you die. And then you get to heaven and you say, man, this is great. This is a great place, man. I made the right decision. This is wonderful. I'm glad I kicked the bucket. Then the Lord comes over to you and he says, well, you know, we're glad you're here. It's good to see you. And you say, Lord, this is great. This is fabulous. It's beyond my wildest imagination. Truly, the book is true. And it says, I hath not seen and the ear hath not heard the things that God prepareth for them that love him. This is fabulous. Well, the Lord says, great. That's great. I'm glad you like it. You know, we've been spending a lot of time preparing many mansions, like I said, in John chapter 14. Well, that's great, Lord. You know, what's next on the calendar? And the Lord says, well, in about 10 minutes, we're going to blow a trumpet and have a rapture. Now, I know that would happen to me if I committed suicide. I know. That's just the way it would work for me. I just know it. But in other words, Elijah, and I'm not encouraging anybody to go do that, okay? So let's just, before I get a little sticker on my Spotify or something like that. Um, But Elijah, what Elijah was saying was he was feeling bad for himself, no, I'm not critical of that. I know how it feels. I do all too well. I know exactly how that feels, but it's an expression of defeat is what it is. It's enough. Just let me die. You know, when you start to think that way, it's it's really nothing but selfishness. That's all it is. It's a sin of selfishness. How so? Because you're not thinking about anyone but you. And that's selfishness, Right. You're just thinking about how you can extricate yourself from your misery, your doldrums, your problems. You're not thinking about your loved ones. You're not thinking about your sphere of influence. You're not thinking about anything but you. You're being selfish when you're thinking that way. Elijah says, I've had enough. Let me die. Now, wait a minute, though. The Bible says... We are more than conquerors in Jesus Christ. And the Lord just proved it to you in the last chapter. I mean, you talk about a victory, one of the greatest victories ever recorded in the Bible. And I'm telling you, when I get to heaven, given the opportunity, that's going to be like one of my top 10 requests to the Lord to see that event replayed. I want to see that. You talk about a phenomenal victory. We are more than conquerors. Didn't the Lord prove it to him? Didn't the Lord prove to Job that he was more than a conqueror when he rescued him from his plight in life and he gave him twice more than he had before? Didn't he prove to Israel when he parted the Red Sea and they crossed over on dry land and the Egyptian army drowned in the midst and they were that they were more than conquerors? And I'm telling you, if you hang in there, if you hold fast, he'll prove it to you. He'll prove it to you. But that's not all. Let's go over to Numbers. Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. Mm. I'm telling you, green tea with some honey and some lime juice. Oh, so great. And I never liked green tea before until I got COVID like two years ago. Then that's the only thing I was able to drink because nothing else tasted good. And I guess because green tea tastes so bad, it didn't, couldn't tell the difference, right? <laughs> so now it's like it's my go-to, but I'm not feeling great. All right, Numbers chapter 13, and let's go to verse 29. Numbers chapter 13, verse 29. So in this chapter, in, in, in this verse, the ten spies are sent out into the land of Canaan. Okay. Uh, verse 29, uh, the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it. For we are all well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. Now, you know, someone once defined a committee as a a group of people who individually can do nothing and collectively decide nothing can be done. Because they lacked faith, all of the spies except Caleb and Joshua were discouraged at the prospect of entering the land and fighting the enemy. And their discouragement quickly spread throughout the camp. Doubt had turned to unbelief and unbelief is rebellion against God. These ten men were walking by sight. They didn't really believe God's promises. They looked at the people of the land and they saw giants. They looked at the Canaanite cities and saw you know high walls and locked gates. They looked at themselves as and saw grasshoppers. If they only looked to God by faith, they would have seen, that they were more than conquerors. If they had only looked at the one who was able to conquer every enemy and sees the nations of the world as grasshoppers, we be not able. It's a cry. It's a cry of defeat. But our God is able, and he has made us more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. You know, to the unbelieving, it's unreasonable for anybody to trust a God that they've never seen or a God they've never heard. But we have all the evidence we need to convince us that God is dependable and that he has the power to accomplish what he says he'll do. What he promises, he is able to perform. Israel had seen that when they saw what the Lord did to the Egyptians and the Amalekites in Exodus chapter 17 and had every assurance that he would never fail his people. Unbelief is serious. Unbelief is deadly serious. It challenges the very character of God and rebels against his will. They're stronger than we. It's a horrible dilemma. And then you see that in verse 32. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search, it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so were we in their sight. They're stronger than we. Well, we're reminded frequently in the Bible that we're pilgrims. We're strangers, and we're just passing through. We're living in the devil's world, and one day it will be awarded to the rightful owner the Lord Jesus Christ. However, presently, we're just pilgrims. We're just pilgrims coming through, and we and we often say, look at the giants. There are giants everywhere. But if we believe what God says, we are more than conquerors. He'll show us the way to prevail if that's his will and direction. How about we look at another one? Turn with me over to Exodus chapter 4. Exodus chapter 4. Exodus chapter 4 and verse 1. And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. So what's the statement of defeat there? They won't believe me. Now, God is commissioning Moses to do a great task on his behalf, to do something great for him. And what's Moses' response? Well, they won't believe me. Those are words of defeat. They won't believe that you appeared unto me. The Lord says, I can take care of that problem. You know, sometimes we assume that attitude of defeat when the Lord puts it on your heart to speak to someone about our Savior. You know, there's someone down in your office, you know, in your store, in your neighborhood, or you're in your family, and they have this, uh, they have a kind of worldly, harsh exterior about them, and then your, your human response is, they won't believe me. It's an expression of defeat. The Bible says that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, some of the strangest people that you thought would never believe in God end up believing in him. You know, we allow the devil to dissuade us and discourage us by these thoughts. They won't believe me. Those are words of discouragement, not the words of a conqueror. They won't believe me really means I don't believe. Believe that you're more than a conqueror. Believe that you're more than a conqueror. Folks, we're going to take a break here. And when we come back, we'll wrap this whole thing up. Promise you I'm almost done. Uh, And we'll be back right after this. Stay with us. pray. To that, uh, there's a reason why I played that song. I even though I know it's late in the in the, um, in the study, but there's a reason for it, and we'll come to it in just a, a few moments. Uh, all right, so let's uh, let's go over to Matthew 25, Matthew chapter 25. This is Joe Ruscio, and you're listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Uh, Matthew chapter 25. We're talking about being more than a conqueror, more than a conqueror. Believe that you are. Believe that you're more than a conqueror. So Matthew 25, I have this one and then one more, okay? Matthew chapter 25, and of course, this is the parable of the faithful and the unfaithful servants. Here we have three servants, okay? And each one of them were entrusted with some money. Two used it to work for the Lord, and one hid his in the earth. When the Lord returned, he was he asked why this was, and this was, the, this was the answer. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 25. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast, that is thine. So what's that statement of defeat in that? Well, it's I was afraid. I was afraid. Those are words of defeat. You know, no football team can win if they go out onto the field and say, we're afraid you know maybe you're sitting here listening and and uh, you're feeling down or you're feeling depressed or even angry because at some point in your christian walk you've sensed god calling you to a particular ministry or a mission field and you never responded to that call you know you hung on to your job and your security your pension your check and all that's valuable to you you wouldn't even and you wouldn't respond to the will of god for your life and that's why you're feeling depressed or even angry You know what the problem is? The problem is, I was afraid. I was afraid. Just afraid that God couldn't do what he said he would do. Just kind of afraid to step out by faith. Afraid to trust God. Afraid to just leap and say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. That's not the voice of a conqueror. That's not the voice of a conqueror. That's the voice of the defeated. And finally, let's turn over to Acts chapter 24. Acts chapter 24. And just, you know, I'm not saying that everyone should go go and, you know, run out into the mission field, okay? Mm -hmm. Some people are inclined that way, but it's not for everybody. You know, God may never call you to a mission field, but for some, for some people, it's as much a tremendous leap of faith to teach a Sunday school class as, if, as it is for someone to go to Cambodia. For some people, it's just as much of a step of faith to go across the street and hand a tract to the new neighbor that moved in. The problem is, I was afraid. That's not the language of a conqueror. Our problem is that sometimes we don't believe what God says. Now, all of the previous examples, remember I told you I had seven, Seven were made by God's people, right? Six of them were made by God's people. And here's the exception. Acts chapter 25, please. Acts chapter 25. Now in Acts chapter... I'm sorry, Acts chapter 24. Acts chapter 24 and verse 25. In Acts chapter 24 and verse 25, Paul is preaching to a man named Felix Felix is an aristocrat royalty you know kind of like you know in, in a way i guess verse 25 says and he reasoned of right and as he reasoned of righteousness temperance and judgment to come felix trembled and answered go thy way for this time when i have a convenient season i will call for thee did you find the statement of defeat in that verse it's when I have a convenient season. It's not convenient right now. And I I suppose, you know, one of the saddest statements of defeat is it's not convenient. You know, if you study the word convenient in the Bible, it doesn't really appear all that often. And most of the time, it's cast in a negative context. The Lord's not interested in convenience. He's interested in obedience. Felix said, I'll hear more about this when it's a convenient time for me. It's not convenient. You know, many times you'll tell someone they need to get saved and they say, well, you know, I have to straighten out a few things in my life first. And what that often means is I'm still holding on to some sin that I'm not willing to forsake. And if I can figure out some way to surrender the sin, then maybe, maybe I'll do right. Those are words of tremendous absolutely tremendous defeat. It's not convenient. You know, Americans feast on convenience. We love it. You know, we love our 24-hour supermarkets, right? We love our 24-hour convenience stores. We like our comfort zones, right? We like to be able to drive up to the window and get a Big Mac, fries, and a Coke that quick, right? Sure we do. Sure we do. We all do. That's just the way we are. But when we prefer convenience over obedience, it becomes sin. Missionaries don't go wherever they go to enjoy convenience. They go to be obedient. Now, the reason why I played that song—that was a song by the Piso family. The Piso family are missionaries. They're missionaries uh, to—well, I'm not going to disclose. Just I'm not—I'm not sure if I'm supposed to or not. But they're missionaries, and they chose to go to a place where Christianity is really not—not that welcome. But they go. They go. They go to be obedient. They give up their convenience. They go to be convenient. I look at them, and I point my finger, and I say, more than conquerors. More than conquerors. More than conquerors in Christ Jesus. God says we are. And if God says we are, we should believe it. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that we can boldly declare that we are more than conquerors. We can do and only do that because of the finished work of the cross. There are some that are listening today that are, that feel defeated and are set aside. Oh, Father, impress upon their hearts that they are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. If there are any that are listening today that are not saved and don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as that personal Savior, Draw them nigh unto yourself. And if it pleases you to do so, please, Lord, save them today. More than conquerors. More than conquerors. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to prevent you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God and Savior be glory, majesty, dominion, power, both now and forever. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Folks, thank you so much for being here with us today and we are really, really thrilled with the feedback we've been getting. We're really just tremendously blessed and we're so very, very thankful for each and every one of you that tune in and listen. So folks, head over to our website, com. Send us over a message. Look for the support this podcast button, WayGiver. Uh And uh, if the Lord leads you to do so, would you please consider that contribution? Uh, If you don't have a Good Pods account, go get one. Follow us there. And folks, again, I'm sorry that I've been a little out of it today. Not feeling so great. Keep me in your prayers. So folks, with that, have a great day. I'll see you Thursday. And until then, take care.
0: You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message. Or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com Until next time, God bless you and good day.
1: Well, that's
3: about it, really. The film ends mainly visually.